Welcome to this JNNP podcast, where this month we're looking at brain atrophy and disability in multiple sclerosis. Robert Zivadinov from the Buffalo Neuroimaging Analysis Centre at the University of Buffalo has recently published a paper on this topic in JNNP, and he joins me now to tell me more about it. So good afternoon, Robert. Good afternoon. Glad to be with you. So to to kick us off, could you tell us specifically what the questions were that you wanted to answer with this study? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were looking in understanding uh, uh, long-term MRI predictors of disability progression in multiple sclerosis, and we thought that a 10-year follow-up study would be uh, a right way to do it. In particular, we were looking on uh, trying to understand which lesion as well as brain volume markers may be associated with this disability progression in long term. We also wanted to define the rate of really evolution of these markers, uh, both in terms of lesions and atrophy, and particularly to understand whether there are differences in so-called global markers like whole brain, global lesion volumes, T2 or T1, or more tissue-specific markers, including uh, gray and white matter, or really regional markers uh, when you consider cortical uh, damage, cortical atrophy, as well as uh, some deep gray matter structures. This is uh, particularly interesting because the research in the last five uh, years kind of uh, provides a rationale that some regional measures may be better markers of disability progression in the long term than the global ones. Sure. And, and what was the basic structure of your study? How did you, I mean, how many patients did you have and what was the follow-up that you did with them? So this, this uh, design of this study was a real bit uh, uh, original because uh, all the patients were diagnosed in two counties in Norway, uh, in southwestern Norway, the county of Hordaland and Rogaland, in a period between 98 and 2000. So there were a total of uh, 108 patients who were identified. So these were all patients diagnosed with MS in those two counties in that period of time. Several moved from the study area. Some uh, one died and uh, 11 refused to participate. So uh, that led us to 93 patients. Of those, 81 underwent the MRI assessment and entered the study. Of these 81 patients who we had at baseline, Uh, We followed uh, 67 patients at 5 years and 50 patients at 10 years. Interesting is that this is really, you know, a population-based cohort study which tried to include all patients ever diagnosed with MS in these two counties. And I think uh, it's also interesting because I really believe it reflects what's uh, happening, you know, in a patient cohort studies. Patients are moving, relocating over the follow-up. They get lost to follow-up. Four patients deceased in this study, and some uh, clearly did not have MRI assessments, seven at five and two at uh, a 10-year follow-up. So although we lost uh, approximately 
30% of the cohort up to year 10, I think it reflects really what can be done and what can be achieved in a clinical routine with such long-term follow-ups. Great. And, and could you talk me through the results then? Were you able to, to show anything new in terms of the, the regional atrophy and uh, the disability in MS? Yeah, so there are a couple of uh, important points. First, uh, we, uh, which is, I think, very interesting, we did not find any association of the lesion measures and disability progression between 5 and 10 years. At 5 years, the most significant predictor of disability progression was cortical atrophy. Patient lost approximately 3.4% of uh, uh, cortical volume if they developed progression versus only 1.8% if they did not. Also, whole brain atrophy and putamen atrophy were uh, significant in five years. At 10 years, uh, we found that only whole brain atrophy showed a trend after 10 years and no other regions had significant effect on disability progression. What I think it's uh, important is that uh, in this study, uh, gray matter showed much better uh, association with disability progression over both 5 and 10 years than the white matter atrophy. And I think that's or the lesion volume. Mm. Why do you think that was that you saw these regional trends at five years, but then at 10 years it was only this this whole brain volume trend? Why do you think those trends didn't you know, carry on until, until 10 years? It could be a number of uh, different uh, reasons. As I already said, the sample size decreased. Also, uh, the, however, you know, the, we made a comparison between the cohort at 5, 10, and baseline, respect to their baseline characteristics, and they were very comparable. Uh, second, I think that uh, it could be that really over time, it's more a whole brain becoming important uh, for global disability progression than just the, the cortical atrophy. And uh, I would say that depends also probably on amount of meningeal inflammation these patients uh, had. We can't forget that uh, meningeal inflammation is probably one of the important predictors of cortical damage in MS. And also another important point is that uh, only a small number of patients were treated at baseline. Uh, at uh, five years, that was in a range of 35%. But at the 10-year follow-up, more than 60% of the patients were on treatment. So treatment could have also played an important role why we saw less significance over time. Right, okay. And tell me more then about this, the significance of the grey matter versus the white matter. She said you found that it was more the grey matter that contributed overall to the, the, the whole brain atrophy. Why is that important? So I would say that, uh, you know, clearly we investigated in the past as other groups did and found that uh, gray matter atrophy is better related to disability progression over short to midterm. But this is one of the first studies to suggest that this could be the case over the long term. Now, 
Why is that? I strongly believe that the damage uh, happening uh, in the cortex and in the deep gray matter driven by meningeal inflammation and by axonal loss is reflected more in the in the gray matter than it is in the white matter and that's why we are seeing this uh, these findings certainly this study did not include any immunology or pathology to be able you know to comment on uh, uh, what are the immunological basis for that but i think that we need to interpret these findings in light of a number of other studies that have been done both in early as well as in a late phase of the diseases and that uh, clearly showed that cortex is playing one of the central role, not only in the initiation of the disease, but also in the long-term progression. And I'm here referring to pathological studies by both European and North American investigators. Right, okay. And is that what you'd like to see following on from this study, pushing this, this research forward? I think that there are a couple of uh, uh, remaining points that we need to answer. First, uh, this was not, although this study had three time points, baseline five and ten years, it, did, it was not a serial study. And this means that patients did not obtain a yearly scan and we still don't fully understand whether development of whole brain and gray matter atrophy in MS is a linear phenomenon and whether it can be halted uh, in clinical routine by use of disease-modifying treatment. I think that more uh, larger studies and longer studies, but surely it will be hard to do it longer than 10 years, are needed to confirm this initial observation. Second, I really believe that we need to approach the problem in a multimodal way and uh, link these gray matter markers with other immunological as well as viral and environmental factors that can, uh, you know, explain why this is happening. For example, is the the fact that uh, meningeal inflammation, which may be related to the Epstein-Barr virus, is the one driving this gray matter progression. And these are kind of the things we we need to investigate. So I think that this is one of the first steps into looking what are those MRI predictors that are contributing to disability progression and B, what's the reason for, you know, this galloping uh, gray matter atrophy to, to occur over the disease and, and C, uh, can it be halted, you know, or at least slowed down by using of disease-modifying therapy? Sure. Well, thank you very much for those insights and um, listeners should certainly go away and have a look at your, your full paper, which is open access, I should say, for, for more of the detail. Robert, thanks very much. Thank you very much. <laughs>